and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie, and as always, I'm here with my beautiful, beautiful, lovely baby, Elise. Aww, I like that intro. Hello. We're turning into Leslie Nope and Ann Perkins. And if you have not watched Parks and Rec, this podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you haven't watched it, have you? No, I have. I'm just like not one of those people who, like, I don't know like all the details, but I have watched it. We'll, we'll fix that later. Do I get a hall pass for that? Yeah, sure. That's fine. You're uh, like, see, you're going to text me after and be like, uh, yeah, I know, you know what I did nicely. Cause we have an audience. You know what I did watch? What? Guess. RuPaul drag race. No. One of the movies, one of the movies, <gasps> sleepless in Seattle. I did. I watched it. I watched it on the plane home from Seattle. Like oh. how, how legit is that it was so great and like so perfect and the sun is like the cutest he's precious did you recognize the sun's best friend no she's still famous yeah that, Who? Cute, little, that cute little girl I can't remember her name she was yes, a girl. She, she's in a bunch of stuff yes yeah, she literally was like on the computer like buying him a plane ticket I was like that's so great yeah it's oh, such a good movie I love it okay <laughs> tell me sparkle time tell me your sparkle tell oh fuck okay <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go first. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I don't, I'm not. So for everybody who has, who's like a, what's it called? Like a consistent bless you listener. You obviously know my. A loyal follower. Yeah. An amazing human. Yes. We love you. So tomorrow is okay well let me give a little background story when we did our last transfer for IVF at our doctor my brother and sister-in-law also did a transfer five days after Carl and I Mm. we both got pregnant at the same time both were having boys and then Carl and I obviously had a loss had to go through that whole traumatic I mean, I don't even know what to call it. Awful. The worst chapter of my life. Yeah. I mean, we could just call it like the dark ages, trauma. I don't know. Just hell hell, on earth. Hell. Hell. That's what it's called. Hell. So I had to, for the sake of my own being and my heart and my emotions and everything else in my life, had to distance myself from my brother and his darling wife, Kayla. I love her. She's amazing. Um, so the difficult thing is for me, at least is like, yes, I went through this horrible traumatic loss and I like miss being pregnant. I miss my son. I like, it's so hard, but now I have like a, like a image of exactly where I would have been throughout my entire pregnancy through her, which has been really, really challenging. I've only seen her once in her whole pregnancy, which was maybe like two or three weeks ago. And it was great because I love her, but like I cried obviously, because she's like, has a big belly and you know, all these things. And it was just like, I got to buy a baby shower gift. And then I'm looking on fucking line for baby gifts. And I'm just like, literally shoot me. And then they target you for baby stuff. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, Fuck you, Instagram and Facebook. You're triggering my trauma. I know. I hate that they do that. It's like, no, not for me. You assholes. It was someone else. And my poor sweet mom, I went over to her house, uh, 
So my two aunts flew in as my emotional support for Kayla's baby shower, which happens to be tomorrow. And, um, because I'm going to be, I'm like, I don't want to be a wreck, but I know I'm going to have feelings about it. And yesterday, I don't think my mom even like thought, but she was like, Hey, do you have like baby wrapping paper at home? And I'm like, yeah. Do you have some razor blades also? So I could just slit my wrists. Like, what are you talking about? Why would I have fucking baby shower, like baby shower wrapping paper? She's like, Oh shit. Sorry. So today I go over to my mom's house and my two aunts are there. They had all their baby stuff laid out on the dining room table for mm-hmm. Kayla. And I, it was so unexpected because I literally just walked in and I just like started bawling. Like I had no control. It was just like, tears flowing. And so I know that tomorrow's going to be really, really challenging. And the fucking cherry on top is like, I've been processing that I'm going to have to do this for a really long time in therapy. Like I know that I'm going to have to be there. I'm happy to be there. Very excited to celebrate. I'm very excited to be an aunt. My grief is completely separate from like my happiness for them. But in my mind, I literally like months ago, I was like, you know, what would be really shittier is being on my period at Kayla's shower. Guess what? Have we bought our thinks underwear yet? <laughs> no, I'm going to, uh, but you know, it's like no. not only periods are triggering enough when you're trying to get pregnant and keep in mind after you have like a second trimester loss and have to have a DNC, like your period is like back with a vengeance like this I literally texted Callie I'm like I need some fucking help here because this is a volcano and it's not good I can't even tell you you're like it happened again it happened again it happened again my poor clients I'm like I don't know if this is TMI but I can sit here and bleed through my nice comforter or I can go change your tampon you get to choose and they're like (laughs) Go change, you weirdo. Stop wearing tampons. Wear a menstrual cup. We will I get know, there. I know, I know, I know. I'm like not, I'm, we're, I'm, we're still going to I know you're that. scared, but we can do it. It'll be, <laughs> you'll get used to it, I promise. I actually saw one at um, Tom Thumb the other day, and I was like, literally like gra- reaching for it. And then I was like, no, I don't think I can. And then I'm like, <laughs> no, Callie said it'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I can't fucking do this. So maybe if you're someone who has worn a menstrual cup, please message me and let me know your experience because Callie raves about it, but I am terrified okay. for some reason. Okay. Okay. Raving is a stretch. It okay. is like the whole thing sucks. It's not like anyone's like, Ooh, I am on my period. So I get to wear my cup. Yay. Like, no, <laughs> it sucks. But I, <sighs> I, hate, I just like tampons hurt for some reason for me. Like they don't go in at the right angle and they just suck. Yeah. And I, I think every woman, woman knows what I'm talking about. Well, like when you get it in a weird place and then you're walking around, like you have a corn in the cob between your legs and you're like, ah, so the cup like doesn't do that. Right. It's just like, there's no, it can't go in the wrong way. At least I don't think it can. And so, but furthermore, when I got my, when I had a Paragard IUD, wow, we are just talking about periods. I, uh, it just, it was so much all the time. And a menstrual cup was the only thing that would protect me from having an accident. Like, otherwise I would have been, I couldn't leave the house. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'm worried about insertion, but I think I'm like grossed out about the idea of like having to take it out. Well, I I I told you there are two ways to do it. It is a little, I don't get me wrong. It's gross. It is gross. (gasps) Like periods are gross and you're right having a period when you're trying for a baby is even worse because no one loves their period, but like 
it's also a signal of loss and failure and having to start all over again. So it's just, I'm honestly shocked that the universe is like, ooh. Let's have her be on her period while she's doing this traumatic thing. I'm literally going to be at my sister-in-law's baby shower, changing my tampon, crying in the corner, FaceTiming Callie tomorrow. Like that's the reality. I will be, I will be ready. I will be ready. Maybe you can get fancy Finks underwear. So yeah. it'll go I into know. your fancy new period underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hey, life's a mess. I, I don't mean to, to be the worst, but. How is any of this a sparkle? Oh yeah, <laughs> is I don't. There anything good? Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for bringing me back to what I needed to. I'm like one of those like I'm like squirrel, and then you got to bring me back. Periods, yes. My yes, my sparkle is that there is literally no handbook on life and on life situations. So like I think that we anticipate or expect or hope, like. I did not expect to ball my eyes out seeing gifts for my sister-in-law this weekend. And I think just you texting me saying like, you got to be easier on yourself. Like if you cry, you cry. And that's because it's triggering as fuck and traumatic as fuck. And like, it is what it is like. And so I think this whole time I've been having it in my mind. Like I cannot be sad because this is not my day. And this is all about Kayla and her baby and my brother. And like, I'm happy for them. So happy. But like, I, I actually can be sad, right? Like there isn't a handbook. There isn't a rule book. So like, just give yourself the grace to just like feel what you got to feel or else life is going to be harder than it already is. Totally. I mean, there's a difference between like creating a scene and pulling attention back on yourself versus just feeling your emotions. And it's not hard. I mean, okay. I don't want to say it's not hard, but Typically it's natural for people when they're having a moment or feeling emotional to quietly walk away and go to the bathroom. Like that's not creating a scene. And it's annoying because I think there's so much pressure on women to always keep it together. And if we go to the bathroom, we're being dramatic, but Mm -hmm. that is the polite thing to do just to excuse yourself, take whoever you need, take an aunt, take two. You got two of them, take both, go to the bathroom, have a moment. And like, I always say too, if you have to leave, leave. Yeah. Like your leaving is not going to ruin everything. And I don't know. We just put so much pressure on ourselves too. I think to like make other people feel special and make sure that we're on our best behavior and overcompensate and I'm fine and I'll be fine. It's like, that's how this shit gets to you in the end is because you're not able to release when you need. It's like, don't hold it in when you got to poop, right? You just pull it out. Like you don't, can't do that either with your emotions. Like when you gotta go, you gotta go. So shit in Kayla's mom's toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is what you're telling me. And cry, cry at her party. Cry, poop, and change your tampon. This is going to be a good day. I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, if you love Kayla the way you say you do, which I know you do, and she, I, I would, can't imagine anyone not loving you, then she's not going to care either. Yeah, I know. You know, she's not going to care. I know. Okay. I wouldn't care. What's yours? Lay it on me. (laughs) Mine is so I mine's like so boring that this is just what it is. So I was in Mexico and I am a very dark shade of tan. Yes, she is. See me, but this is what happens. I get in the sun and I just turn into a little like you literally you look like you have gloves on. Like actually. Like I know, I know. It's a thing. But um, so 
I started reading again, but not for the Blush Book Club because I haven't read that. And look, here's the thing. Self-help books are great. They're awesome. I love it when I'm doing it, but it does sometimes feel like a chore to me because it's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, scientists aren't like, oh, let me go home and like read about science. You know, like maybe they'll like watch Star Trek or something. I don't know. I'm That's being, <laughs> that's putting people <laughs> in a bubble. But you see what I mean? Like accountants yeah. don't come home and they're like, let me do math equations. Yeah. Like people need an escape. And so my job happens to be a lot of other people's escape, which is really cool. And uh, I'm not complaining. It's awesome. But when I read, I kind of like to read like not trash, you know what I mean? But like entertaining books, like mysteries Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I read basically three books in the span of four days because I am a ridiculously fast reader. And it's been so fun to like get back into reading and it just makes me feel like my mind is being put to use and I don't know it's been great so give me your book recommendations no like be a better person like I don't want that bullshit I want like who murdered the the child or something well not the child please no child murder but like you know what I mean like I want like something good and juicy yeah maybe that's my problem because I like I just like don't get into, I try, I started the fucking book club so that I would hold I myself accountable and read a book a month. But like, I haven't even read the book for this month's book club. I like, know it's, that's why it's because it feels like work to us and it's yeah. not. And I get that. And a lot of people, it's a lot of people's hobby and it's a great hobby to have. It's just, we practice. I'm not saying we practice it in our personal lives and we're amazing. It's more that we that's our job. We work with other people on self-improvement. So when it's time for us to read a self-improvement book, I'm like, ah, again. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, you're like still working like career, career, like professional development. That makes sense. Okay. And then you sit there and you're like, I didn't think of it that way. Have I been failing as a life coach or failing as a good person? Fuck. Like there's so many different theories and people have opinions on everything. I mean, even my book like gets you know, cause as an author, you can't sit there and be like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that you have to like pick a side. Otherwise yeah. it's really confusing. And why is anyone reading what you're writing? So, and I know that because that's how all entertainers are and reading at the end of the day is entertainment. But anyway, that's how I feel. I'm like, this is just another time in my day where I'm like, am I doing this right? Do I know what I'm talking about? Do I know anything? Oh my God. You have those thoughts. Yes. Always. So do I all the time, but like, I know, like, you're like the, you're like the wise one. Like, yeah. So wise. So, so wise. So wise. That's, how, that's what people call me. They call me wise Callie. <laughs> I love you. Also, we majorly failed because we didn't tell anybody what we were talking about today. So if you're still oh, fucking hanging on, okay. We're talking about anxiety versus intuition. Yeah. That's all. That's it. That's it. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's do this. Also, just so everybody sees or can picture this, Callie and I have like a Google doc where we like write the format and we like do our intro and stuff next to my sparkle. It literally says baby shower. Fuck my life. Kayla. There is no handbook in life. That is I still don't understand how any of that is a good thing. Like, I, like, I get that you said that you're sparkle, but I'm sitting here like, uh, this all sounds bad. Just I sounds know. Bad. Well, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. Get- maybe it isn't. <laughs> maybe it isn't. Okay, guys. All right, let's fucking do this. All right. 
Dear Blush, I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for a year now, and recently the topic of moving in together came up. He is great, and we really do get along together and have a good partnership, but something feels off. The problem is I'm not sure what it is. I think I'm having trouble with not being able to decipher whether it's my anxiety telling me the closer we get, the riskier things are, or if it's my intuition telling me something is off here. I've always struggled with anxiety and most of the time have the awareness to be able to identify anxious thought patterns. I also consider myself very intuitive. I'm an empath and super spiritual. Where I'm getting caught, though, is not being able to tell if this is my intuition trying to guide me or if my anxious thoughts are just trying to be destructive because I've been hurt in the past. I also am not sure how to communicate this to my boyfriend. I don't want to have this conversation with him until I'm sure of what's going on here. If I tell him too fast, I could ruin the relationship. But if I wait too long, I could lead him on if this isn't what I want. Please help from intuitively anxious hmm well (laughs) I okay this one this letter is tough because I can't answer whether it's someone's anxiety or intuition like I need more details I need to be talking to you I need to be seeing your body language I need to be hearing the tone of your voice the pace of you know how you're speaking all of it um and I probably need to know you like it's you don't, if you don't know someone, it's so hard to be like, that's your intuition talking, or that's not your intuition talking. What I can say is if there is a toss up between it being your anxiety and your intuition, don't act like Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't know what you want yet. We can, Mm -hmm. Elise and I can talk about how to differentiate your anxiety from your intuition on your own. And I think that's the whole point here. Like the point of a therapist or a life coach isn't to be like, that's your intuition. That's your anxiety. It's to help you figure it out on your own. Even though granted, I tell my clients all the time, like, shut the fuck up. That's just anxiety. (laughs) But again, do as I say, not as I do. And so, you know, that's, that's ideally what we're supposed to be good at. So I'm reading this and all I know is that moving in together, like to me, and this is going to sound crazy to people, but there's not much of a difference between moving in together and like getting married. Like I understand that there's a wedding with vows and all that shit, but like, I'm not a traditionalist. So a lot of that stuff didn't mean much to me. Like it was really fun having the ceremony. It was incredible. It was so much fun with the party, but like, I didn't feel very different afterwards. Yeah. You know what I I mean? I, I feel like Andrew and I got married when we moved to LA. Like that's when I feel like it happened because we were living on our own independently. And like, if we were to break up, I don't see how that would have been anything other than like a divorce. I understand that the law wouldn't be involved. So I just want to encourage, like, this is a huge decision. This isn't one of those, like, Oh, we'll try it out. And you can always move out. It's like, well, yeah, you can always move out, but like untangling your life from someone else's is a lot more complicated when you're sharing a roof and therefore sharing some finances. I mean, I still know married couples who Venmo each other for things, which just like cracks me up. I make fun of them all the time. And I love that. Great. It's separate. But like, I think everyone knows what I'm saying. Your life is just so enmeshed at that point. It's, it's really, it's a lot to separate it. So if you're not sure, and I'm telling you, all I can tell you right now is you're not sure. Yeah. So, so don't sign another lease by yourself for a little bit until you can figure it out. Um, 
At least, what do you think? Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with it too, is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that either way, even if it, it, at this point, it doesn't really matter if it is anxiety or if it's intuition, you both you like either road has a hurdle and you're having hesitations regardless. So I don't think that like the pro, like, I mean, obviously you want to figure out if it's anxiety or if it's your intuition, but I think there's, I mean, we can get into that in just a second, but either way, whichever behind is each door is saying, don't move in yet. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's where you got to focus on for now. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with having that conversation too, right? Like mm -hmm. you would much rather have that conversation. Like Callie said, before you get entangled and enmeshed, like I, I think Callie's right. When you move in with each other and then you get a dog and you're sharing finances and you're sharing groceries and all your shit's under one roof. And like, it just gets really complicated if you're not 100% sure that you want to dive in that pool, you know, mm -hmm. and then you don't want to resent him. Like say, this is a great partnership and it is your, you know, anxiety and it's a great relationship and you end up getting married and, you know, living a life together. Like you don't want there to be any resentment if you did it when you weren't ready. And then that's obviously going to have an impact on the relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll share. I don't know if you have this happen, but I know like my anxiety is really easy to tap into, Like you know what I mean? Like it's so up in my head and it's these little like, what ifs, mm -hmm. right? That's normally the anxiety of like, yeah what if this, what if this, what if this? And they're all floating around. My intuition is that deep seated thing. It feels very down. And sometimes it tells me things. And if I don't want to believe them, then mm -hmm. I know that's my intuition. Cause it, it wow. normally it's harder for me to accept my intuition, not because I can't hear it or I don't know it, but because it's correct. And sometimes I don't want it to be correct. Yeah. That's a really good point. The way I always, cause I'm, I'm, I would say I'm someone who struggles with anxiety 100% on a daily basis, but I also consider myself a very intuitive person as well. And I see like anxiety is like above, right? Like anxiety is surface level. Like Callie said, like the what ifs, the trying to, anxiety is rooted in fear, right? Like what ifs you're trying to pre-plan all of the situations so that you have a game plan. So you have some predictability, you're, you're up, right? Like you're tense. Everything is just like up in this like surface level realm. When I have intuitive moments, I feel most peaceful. That usually happens when I'm, you know, sitting out in nature, when I'm grounding myself, when I'm being mindful, when I'm meditating. And like Callie said, I usually have resistance to my intuition because it's telling me something different from what I want. Right. Okay. I can specifically remember, and people are probably going to hear this and be like, that's a crock of shit, but I promise when we were deciding between after our second loss to take some time off or go right into another, do you remember this? Go I right do. into another round listen to how fucking crazy this story is. I talked about it with my mom. I talked about it with Carl. I talked about it with everyone. Oh, with and me. With, with you, with literally yeah. every single person. And everyone was like, it sounds like you should wait. And I was like, no, no, no. I kind of just want to like move forward. I just want to get right back into it. Get right back in, you know, like, let's just go. 
And I literally closed my eyes and thought of Glennon Doyle, how she says like, be still and no. And I literally like took a deep breath and just like sunk into my chair. And I just was like, okay, I'm open to receiving like whatever I need to do. And I literally saw the words wait, like it was dark and the words wait. I saw that. And I was like, fuck you, you know, like, (laughs) fuck you intuition. You're right. So then I was like, okay, that's like something that I cannot ignore. Right. Like I, I really do think your intuition gets louder and louder and louder and louder, the more resistant you get to it. So then after I'm like, okay, I I hear you. I'm going to wait. Guess who fucking calls me? My doctor. And my doctor is like, Hey, I've been fucking Dr. Lee. Fuck you, Dr. Lee. I hate you. (laughs) But he calls me and he's like, I've been thinking about it all day. And I think we should just go. I think we should just go right into another round and like, let's just do this. And that was a test. And everything within me wanted to be like, yep, let's do that. But I had to like, know that that was my anxiety and my fear was making me want to rush into it. Whereas like my intuition was saying like, you're not in a rush. Like you're not on a timeline here, like just do what's best for you. So I feel like, I feel like at the surface, the fact that she's probably like teetering between anxiety and intuition is actually her having anxiety about having anxiety or intuition. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a huge thing. And I've, I've also found another shortcut that I've gone to is this concept of like simple versus perfect. And meaning Mm. if you like strip something down to its simplest form. So, um, if we're talking about relationships, like I think so many people want their relationship to be quote perfect. So they want to never fight and they want to both have good lines of trajectory when it comes to their career, or they want to sleep together a certain amount of times per week, or they want to have a quality time amount of time or whatever it is. Right. And I think that a lot of us get into this place of trying to idolize and make our relationships perfect. And if it's not perfect, then, oh my God, is it not going to work out? And right. And then the kind of spiraling happens. Mm -hmm. And I found that when people strip it down, like just really strip down, it's like, okay, is this the person you want to be with? And then it's like, yeah. Okay. Does this person make you laugh? Yeah. Does this person make you want to be better? Yeah. It's like, okay, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And then, and usually I'll find like kind of the shoulders relax, the peace happening. And it's like, you're trying to be perfect. And that is where anxiety comes into play. Mm -hmm. And when you try and make anything perfect, right. Anxiety comes into play. And so I tend to direct my clients and myself to the simplest answer. What's the simplest question with the simplest answer? And half the time it's a yes or no. And so if I'm sitting there and I answer yes or no, like that's so much easier, right? Than sitting here like, okay, here's a relationship that does it check all these boxes. Can I make a pro and con list? It's like, whoa, let's just take a step back and make this really, really easy. So intuitively anxious, I would seriously just ask yourself, like, do you want to be with this person? And if the answer is yes, then okay. Then you just say, are you ready to share living spaces? (laughs) The answer might be no, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is doomed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing, a lot of times I like to kind of like take a step back and ask myself why, like, why do I think I'm having these hesitations or why, you know what I mean? And really get familiar with it because it might be 
that you're just not ready. And you, the idea of living with someone that you don't know fully might scare the shit out of you. It might be that you're not ready to give up single girl behaviors that we've talked about on this podcast that are so much fun. Like you might not be ready to release those yet. Um, you might feel like the financial burden of, I don't know, maybe you'd want to get a bigger place or something might be too much. I mean, there's so many things that can manifest as anxiety. That's really just your intuition saying you're not ready. Yeah. You know? I love that. I love that. I'm like pondering my own life over here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have trouble sometimes. I mean, I, I think everyone has trouble with this. Yeah. But you know what you, the why question I love, I love asking myself this question and asking all of my clients too, is like, what is your key motivation in doing what you're trying to do? Because that really tells you, are you trying to move in because you genuinely love this person and want to be closer and more intimate with this person and, you know, grow your relationship? Or are you trying to move in with this person out of fear of them leaving you? Right? Like those are when you're asking yourself, like, what is the key motivation in doing this or not doing this? That will usually give you direction to like more clarity. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think to like piggyback off that, honestly, it's, it's key motivation. And I think it's also like, what are your typical patterns and your typical, like, and your values. So like, if I I have a pattern of wanting to be efficient, like do, you know, the straight line, save the most money, save the most time, save whatever I can just be smart about things. And that's because one of my values is efficiency, like big time. Um, and so, you know, when I was sitting here going, "Mm, I don't really think Carrie's paying that much attention to me. And she keeps asking me about the protocols when like, isn't that her job? And she's not, I don't feel really heard or listened to. And, I shouldn't be shamed for knowing my shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to be that patient that knows a lot of information and I know the jargon and you can speak to me like I'm a peer. Like, don't talk to me like I'm a child. And if you can't handle that, you're not going to like me. But it was just one of those things where the reason I didn't leave when I should have was so clearly because I wanted to be efficient. Mm-hmm. The idea of waiting for something else, the idea of starting over, the idea of having to find someone new was just like so against every fiber of my being because I am someone that is like, I don't want a relationship with a doctor. I just want results. Yeah. I don't give a shit if I like my doctor. And it turns out I actually do care. I very much care. I very much care if I like my doctor. But at the time I was like, who cares? She's a service provider, whatever. Just do your job. Like I just need results. I don't give a shit if you like me. I'm like, Callie, no. Yeah. Right. And so it was, it's so easy. And I knew what I was doing in the moment. Like I was fully aware of it and was just kind of crossing my fingers and toes and hoping for the best and that I could just, you know, close my eyes and get through it until she was like, I'm going to give you the wrong dose and the wrong medication. So you really have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was so much easier for me to be like, okay, I get why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because I tied it back to my, to my patterns and my values that sometimes keep me stuck. And so intuitively anxious, you have to ask yourself, like, what are the values that are coming up when you're talking about this decision? Do you have a pattern in life of dragging your feet when it's something good? Or do you have a pattern of running away when it's something good? Or do you have a pattern of stalling when it's bad? Mm -hmm. Right? Like 
you're, you're going to be able to think of a time where you're, you're in a situation similar to this. We've all been at crossroads in our lives and we'll continue to be at crossroads. It's not like each decision is honestly that unique, which yeah. seems crazy because the details are always different, but like life in itself is just the same fucking challenge <laughs> in a different costume over and over yeah. again. And I think that that gives you like what you're saying is basically reflect on your past and find another time that you felt similar and kind of see how you navigated through that. And I think that that gives you like an enlightened perspective Mm -hmm. because you're not emotional and like, like you don't have the current emotions about a situation from the past, right? Like I think whenever we look back and reflect on situations, we have a lot more clarity and we are able to like talk about it because it's not so in the moment with emotions. And so I think that that's, I I love what you said about, we basically just experienced the same fucking shit over and over and over again, just dressed up in a different costume. Like, I mean, truly that's correct. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird when you think about it, but it's like, I mean, this is why every movie is the same, right? Like human beings, we're we're pretty simple creatures in a way. It's like, we're basic as fuck. (laughs) We're so basic. Everyone bitches that it's the same Hollywood movie every year. And it's like, because these are the primal things that we have to face. Like, it's not that complicated when you think about it. It's like, you know, loss and then intimacy and connection and great. It's like, it's the same shit. And so- It's really, and I'm not saying that your past is going to necessarily unlock the future and you're going to know exactly what to do based off how you operated in the past. Like, obviously things can be slightly different here or there, but that's, I think will give you the best insight as like, when's when did you ignore your intuition last? Like, when did you make a really bad wrong turn? And it took a long time to put back together. Um, you're you're going to have an answer. There's no way. Yeah. You know. I also feel like we kind of spoke to this a little bit earlier, but like you always know, right? Like she probably knows Mm -hmm. and she probably is just ignoring the fact that she knows, right? Because it probably means she's not ready to move in with this guy and she doesn't want to let him down or have that conversation, right? Like Mm -hmm. back to my, that IVF situation, like I fucking knew, I knew it. I was having Mm -hmm. a conversation and every single person told me like, sounds like you want to wait. And I'd be like, no, I actually don't. And they're like, okay. Like you're wrong, but it's like, I knew, right. Like dating every single ex-boyfriend of mine, like I fucking knew, you know, it's like, it's just a matter of like, are you gonna, you know, tap it, like listen to that awareness that you have, you know? Well, yeah. It's also like, are you going to make it harder on yourself? Like, I feel like with so many boyfriends of mine, I would get over them before I would break up with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I mean, I'm saying, I don't know why I did that. I mean, I do know why I did that. It's because the idea of hurting someone killed me. Um, confrontation is really tough. And also not being a hundred percent sure when you're about to break someone's heart is really awful. Yeah. And so I, and that's what this letter writer, she's like, I want to be sure of what's going on. And my advice is like, when you're sure, then it's almost a little cruel because you waited until you were hundred percent sure. And this person is now like not even close to being a hundred percent sure of what to do next. And like, I hear this all the time 
when people, you know, break up with other people and it's like, she just moved on like that, or they just moved on instantly. And I was like, yeah. Cause I mean, I don't say this in the moment, but I'm like, they were already over you. They had been yeah. getting over you for the past six months and just didn't have the courage, right. To say something in the moment. And I used to do that. And it was always, you know, out of really out of fear, I think a little bit out of selfishness and a little bit out of maybe it'll change. Like I didn't date assholes, you know, well, for the most part, but I mean, you know, most of the people that I dated were like really good people. So I would blame myself and be like, why don't I feel the same way? You know, or like this will change and then idolize it and try and convince myself that it was okay. Yeah. And here's the thing. What, what was that quote that Hal Barkley always said? You can lock wild dogs behind a door, but they're going to find a window. It's like, do your best to suppress your feelings. Do your mighty best. <laughs> it's going to blow up in your face no matter what. Oh, like, I miss Hal. He was so amazing. Like yeah, such a truly amazing human being. Mm-hmm. I always told him, I'm like, if anything ever happened to my dad, like I would want you to walk me down the aisle. And he was <laughs> always just like, that's weird, but I'm here for it. Like I'm, I'm sure he was like, great. I would, I'll be there. I'll be there. I that's, love him. That's so sweet. Yeah. He was our, um, a professor that we both had, um, in grad school and he was super wise and very, very kind. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was like, you know, that was a metaphor for him to basically talk about our very ugly feelings and like our feelings that we don't maybe respect or that we don't acknowledge and that frankly we don't want. And so again, resistance is something that I notice whenever my intuition is telling me something, if I'm resisting it, Mm -hmm. that means like, okay, there's something there, right? Because otherwise, why wouldn't you explore it? Yep. Why wouldn't you say, "Mm, okay, I'm getting this message and this message. Like, why are you only entertaining one side? Yeah. So that's what I would encourage you to do. You have to entertain both as painful as it might be. Um, but you're gonna come to the end of the road, no matter what, if this isn't for you. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Cause I'm curious. I always love getting in Kelly's Kelly's head. Um, how would you, how would you tell this letter writer to have this conversation with her partner? Um, that's like- interesting. I think that I would have her admit that she's not 100% sure she wants to move in together yet. So maybe to get more time, like, I don't necessarily think the conversation needs to be like, I don't know if I want to be with you, but I do think that it needs to be, Hey, let's talk about together if we're ready. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, and this just dawned on me, if she's having a hard time communicating with her boyfriend, one, that's not a good sign, but two, it means that perhaps they haven't discussed what living together looks like. Mm. And a lot of people with anxiety want to know the plan. They want to know what's up. They want to know the budget. They want to know the square footage. They want to know the location. They want to know how much utility bills are. They want to know how they're going to split the fees. They want to know, like, they want to know how long are we going to stay in this apartment for? I mean, sometimes they want to know things where it's like, no one knows the answer to that, but I've noticed that they want to know a lot. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong, that they don't want to do it. But when they're sitting here going, we want to live together and then that's it. It's like, okay, yeah. but we don't like whose place, like, would they be moving into your place or the opposite or like a new place or like, those are so many questions that have not been answered in this. 
And I'm curious if that's because they haven't talked about it. Yeah. Cause you know what I always say, predictability equals safety and security. And so if they just, you know, the topic of moving in together just got brought up, they probably haven't even talked about the details, which means she's probably anxious regardless. Right. Right. But you're allowed to talk about the details, even if you haven't fully decided, like it's totally fine to gather as much information as possible. And if, you know, in this conversation, you start to panic and I like scratch my palms whenever I'm anxious. It's like a thing I picked oh, up you in do? college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever my boyfriend in college broke up with me and I was like depressed for a long time, I, my friends would say that I was scratching my palms all the time. Cause it, I don't know, it grounded me or something. I don't know. So I know that whenever I scratch my palms, it means I'm like agitated or nervous or like upset or something's off. Ooh. Um, I know. So that's another thing. Like clue into your triggers. You have body language that tells your yourself that you're not Mm -hmm. comfortable. And so if I was in this conversation with my boyfriend and I'm scratching my palms as he's talking about this great loft around the corner that he wants to rent with me, that would be me saying, you know, (laughs) and then I'd have to figure out why is it the man or is it that stupid apartment? I ain't living in no loft, but you know, I'd have, I don't know. And so she's going to, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's okay to get more details if that's what you need. Details stress me out, but they don't stress a lot of people out. And I know, but I mean, here's the thing. I like, again, I'm just more sitting here. Like if you're afraid to talk to your boyfriend about something that makes me nervous. Yeah. Like, I think I would be looking at her like, well, what do you talk about? Yeah. (laughs) What do you? what do you mean? How, how does he not know that you're nervous to move in together? Because remember when you live with someone, they're there all the time. They are all the time. You don't get to be in a bad mood without them knowing. And they drop their underwear two inches from the fucking hamper. Carl Dean, I'm talking to you. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, I think you're right. I think like when you have a really healthy relationship which means that it's messy and it's hard sometimes, right? Like that is no relationship is perfect. And anybody who says that it is, is a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. How many times have I said the F word on this podcast? A lot. A um, but yeah, I think I, truly, I think for Carl and I, at least what makes our relationship work really, really well is because we literally talk about everything. And let's like, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, what we want, what we don't want. And it's like, if you don't have that trust or that security to know that you can dump all of your thoughts onto this plate and you can work through them together without any expectation, like that's what a, that's what for me, a true partnership is. And I didn't have that with anyone up until Carl, like Carl has been my first experience having someone who I can just like feel totally safe talking about, like I externally process with him without any, with no, knowing that he's not going to take whatever I've said and hold it against me or judge me for it or assume that I want something like, right. Like it's, that's the point to be able to process. And so I think Callie's right. Like if, if this letter writer feels like there's hesitation in being able to just be open about what scares you about living together, or maybe, you know, things from the past, really, obviously she mentioned she's been hurt in the past, like how that's, I mean, 
Carl and I had that come. I almost broke up with Carl because I was like, this is too good to be true. Like literally two months into dating. And he was like, clearly things from your past are coming up. I'm here if you want to talk about it, but like, I'll be waiting when you're ready, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, to be able to talk about that without feeling like it was like weird that I was talking about my ex or, you know, whatever. It was just nice to feel like someone was holding that space for me to be able to figure it out on my own with him there, you know? Right. Right. Because in that situation and, you know, I feel like in my situation too, the underlying assumption is we're in this together. And when you have that underlying assumption, then you don't take things as personally. So Andrew Andrew wanted to get married before I did. I remember, I remember where he was when he was like, I want to get engaged. And I was like, wait, what? Because to me, like getting engagement, something else it did, we were already committed. So I was like, uh, you want to do this right now? Like, are you sure? And he was like, well, yeah, next sometime next year. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's like, it was just, and he wanted to have a kid first too. I mean, I, you know, now it's lovely knowing that I kind of dragged my feet because it's working out real well for me, (laughs) but like he, but that never, it never called into question the relationship. It just called into question the timeline and when both parties were going to be ready. And so if you feel like you're in it with this person and that this is your, this is your person and this is what you want. And the question isn't about them. Then I think that is when you have open and honest communication because you're not sitting here questioning this person's worth or, you know, are you attracted to them or anything? Like no one wants to sit there and process with you. Like if you're into me or not, like go take that somewhere else. That's not my job to like convince you to be with me. But if the assumption is we're in this together, well then moving in together isn't really this isn't as high of stakes. This is just, maybe you need another six months. This is just, maybe you need more time to marinate or process. Like I did with like getting married. Like I had it in my mind of the place where I wanted to be in when I got married. And I was like, you're fucking with my timeline, sir. (laughs) Like marriage is not about love for me. Okay. We already got married in my mind three years ago. (laughs) So what are we doing right now? (laughs) Like, but that's just how I operate. So he never took it personally. Yeah. You know, it was never, you don't want to marry me. It was, hmm, you know, like, let's talk about what timing would work. And so those are two different conversations. If you're sitting here and the only thing that's giving you anxiety is moving in together. Okay. And like, let's talk about that. But if that is a symptom of you not wanting to be with this person, I get why you don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. That's a much harder conversation. Ooh, that's some good shit. Yep. So again, the resistance and the avoidance are where the answers are. Mm-hmm. It's basically where you don't want to go. Yeah, but you like, gotta go. <laughs> right. Like me saying, it'll be fine. Carrie will be fine. This is gonna be fine. And I'm like, it's it's and not everyone is shaking their head, like, no. And of course the narrator, the narrator's like, it was not fine. <laughs> It was most de- like literally Callie had to be drugged. I feel like I should be her to be like, hmm, yeah, maybe this isn't like- the next week. Callie went in to get her prescription <laughs> and lo and behold, she got the wrong one. Oh no. If only someone could have warned her beforehand. <laughs> Basically what the narrator saying, the narrator in my life. It's like, oh wait, everyone warned her beforehand. <laughs> 
cool, 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 cool. Even I knew, but again, it's because I didn't want to admit that my efficiency was taking over. I don't know, like cold, hard reasoning, (laughs) just logic, rational thought, all of that. It's like, I let my efficiency just completely, you know, cover all of that. And so (sighs) intuitively anxious, we've thrown so much at you, but it's like, go where the resistance and where the avoidance is figure out your values, especially your ones that you tend to lean on a lot. When you're stressed, we do that. We like cope to the familiar to get us through. So it's like, let's be efficient. And with Elise, what's yours? What's one that like carries you through whenever you're super stressed? Like values or like cope? Yeah. Patterns, cycles, values, all the same shit, really. I mean, shit, that's putting me on the spot. I feel like hyper productivity really like gets me like that's definitely a way that I cope. And then so I'm like, go, 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 go until I'm literally like dead inside. And then- okay. So that would make sense. No waiting, no twiddling yeah. your thumbs for the next thing. Just go, 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 go. Yeah. And then I do it all. And I say, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Let me stay busy. So I don't have to be sad. And then like, then it hits you. <laughs> And then, and then it happens. Um, okay. But yeah, again, identify the values, the patterns, the cycles, go where you don't want to go resistance wise. And honestly make it again. And this is what I started out with, but it's like, boil this sucker down, make Mm -hmm. this as simple as possible. Do you want to be with this person? That's it. That's all this is. And if the answer is yes, then these conversations are going to be easy and you're going to be able to figure out exactly what it is. Maybe you don't want to live in this city anymore. Maybe he smells and he needs to bathe more. Maybe he's messy and you don't want to clean up after him. Maybe you're worried that you can't afford it, or maybe you're concerned about finances or I don't know, but those things can all be figured out really easily. If the answer to the question of, do you want to be with this person is yes. If the answer to the, do you want to be with this person is no, is no, we're having the wrong conversation, girl. (laughs) We need to stop worrying about leases. Yeah, for sure. And I actually, for everyone listening, I have final thoughts. <gasps> I was like, oh I don't. Ah! It's fine. You basically just did your final thoughts, which I was like, she's going to fucking ask me for final thoughts. Okay. That's a summary. Well, my final thought is to get a life coach, truly. And I'm not saying that to like shamelessly plug blush, but like Ooh, do we, it. All, we all believe at blush that like you hold all, like you possess everything you need to figure out where you want to go and what you want. We basically just facilitate an environment and ask you questions and, you know, lead you on this journey to get to that place on your own while we're cheerleading you on the side. Mm-hmm. And so being able like when we first started talking about this letter, how we need more context. We need to know about the relationship. We need to know about you. We need your history, right? Like talking to someone else who has education and the knowing and like can be able to say like, oh, you're resisting right now. Like, what's that about? Like, let's dig there, you know? Like, I think that that would be really helpful to be able to figure out what you want. Just having someone to be able to be like, hmm, what was that? You know, like, what was that, you know? Oh, I love that. That's my favorite thing to say in session. Me too. Oh my God. What I was that? I know. Wait, I, I, I sometimes I do the TiVo thing like bloop, rewind. <laughs> what did you, what did you just do? What did you yeah. just, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I love That's like, literally, I feel like such a like, like empowered person when I'm like, something's coming up for you right now. Let's dig deep. And they're like, oh, no. I wish I was professional about it. I'm more like, what was that face? Don't make that face at me. Tell me what that face is about. <laughs> 
love that. I'm to do that next time. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, they love it. They like they can't get enough of me calling them out on their face. I don't even know why my client is with me. Um. Okay. Cool. I love the final thoughts because I can go like what a lovely segue into use promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. But for real, I actually, I totally agree. It sounds like you need someone to talk to. And like, I'm just (laughs) clearly you're not talking to your boyfriend, which I I get why this is a little murky water. So let's just have a few sessions first. So you can get some clarity again. Don't wait till you're hundred percent sure. I kind of think that's cruel. I think people should know when you're over 50% sure. Yeah. I agree. You know, like, Cause then at least you're kind of, this feels weird. Okay. This is weird to say, but I think it's like, I did this to people. And I think it's mean to be like, to break up with someone and be like, I'm fine. Bye. And they're like dying. And it's like, it's natural for the person to even break up with someone and still have regrets or, or worry that they made the wrong decision and like still miss them and have pain. And like be, even if they're only like 65 or 75% over it, they still have this, you know, 25% that they have to work through, even if the other person is starting at zero, but it's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I just kind of think it's cruel. So I, I think that so many people worry about making the wrong decision and it's like, okay, but like, also you're in a relationship with someone that you respect. So you should maybe be a little worried about them too. Yeah. I was always the person on the other side. Uh, everybody always was like, bye. And I was like, wait, come back. What? <laughs> What's happening? I was not that person. And I mean, it was immaturity too. I was young. We're not talking about relationships when I was in my twenties. Like we're talking yeah. about relationships in my teens, you know, like yeah. early twenties. I mean, whatever. It's not like, you know, I can't be that hard on myself, but I still, no. I recognize it in other people is the thing. Yeah. Like I grew out of it. Thank God, probably because it felt awful and I didn't like it. And I don't know. I also met someone that I didn't want to do that to, but you know, and you're self-aware, right? Like you have the self-awareness to be able to be like, Hey, that's not nice. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's the the difference between just a fucking asshole and like someone who's not, you know, like I wasn't willing to let myself be sad after a breakup. I was like, Oh, I can't do that. I have to get over it first. And then, and it wasn't a, an ego power thing. It was just a really shitty habit. So again, to come back to it, don't wait to be sure that is the weirdest advice coming from a life coach. But when it comes to relationships, you really need to be only more than 50% sure. Yeah. Right. Like this is a fucking lawsuit. What, what, which one is it? I think it's like civil lawsuit. They only have to have reasonable doubt or something like that. Like the with criminal, you have to be pretty fucking sure to put someone behind bars, even though it doesn't happen anyway. And with Andrew, civil, Andrew, yeah, Andrew, where are you? Yeah, we need where's, you. Andrew? where's Andrew? But with civil, you only have to have like a little bit, right? So if you're kind of like, yeah, I think he did it, then it's like, okay, fine. He did it. Boom. And I think you kind of have to think of this as a civil lawsuit. Like just the bar of, sh- you know, being sure is lowered. Okay. If you, it's either fuck yes or hell no. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm with you. Okay, good. I love it. Yeah. Final yeah. Thoughts. I did let me, it. Let me go buy some Fink's underwear now. And, and, and I'm not there. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I can exhibit a Elise's resistance. She knows that she needs to do it and she won't get a menstrual cup because she told, <laughs> I told Carl, I'm like, 
So, cause I was like, laugh. I always laugh when we text, this is irrelevant. So if you're over our podcast, just turn off now. But like, I literally always have like the biggest smile and I'm like, <laughs> like giggling under my breath when we're texting. And he's like, what are you and Callie talking about? Like, tell me what you're talking about. I'm like, we're talking about menstrual cups. And he's like, the fuck is a menstrual cup? And I explained it to him and showed him a picture. And he was like, I will literally have nightmares. Like I, I cannot, I cannot even process what you just told me. He's like, it's in there and it just catches it. And then what do you do with it after? I'm like, I'm just, just shut up. Just walk away. See it. You drink it. (laughs) You drink it, Carl. Um, Okay. Nasty. But yeah, you're resisting being avoided, which is what we talked about. And so you need to have a talk with your hoochie and say that worse things have been up there. You have had ultrasound wands up there. You will be fine. I know. And I love that you're calling it a hoochie now. That's my favorite I know. Word. I can't not call it a hoochie now. But you're an IVF girl. IVF girls are warriors when it comes to this. You can do this. I know my poor hooch. I think think you're resistant because you don't want to admit that you have heavy flow now. Oh no. I fucking have the heavy flow. Like, but like, are you hoping it goes away next month? Yeah, totally. Yeah. There you go. So you don't want to make a purchase to make it real. Do it, Callie. (laughs) Boom. This technique works. Exhibit a. Okay. So all of you listening know that it works and hopefully (laughs) Elisa sparkle next week will be the cheap. (laughs) used a cup and that she cried at the baby shower because she is brave and she expresses her feelings. Amen to that. Amen. Okay. We will let you guys go now for real, but remember the (laughs) promo code that I talked about like 20 minutes ago was blush you all in caps. And then of course, guys write in blush you at joinblush.com. All entries come to both me and Elise. I'm dead serious. So if you want to get both of our attention, we read and scour that inbox and look for amazing stories that we want to feature here. Um, again, remember they're anonymous. No one, no one's going to know with you. Um, if you want to create a fake Gmail account to send into us, cool. I mean, it's not like we're great detectives. We're never going to know anyway, but you can do that if it makes you feel better. So we want to hear from you. Give us all the details and yeah, keep listening guys to all of you loyal, amazing human fans. We love you. We love you so much. Well, see you back next week. I hope everyone sees two dogs today. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.